In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. The Super Bowl's over and we can now officially go on to the full off season without anyone moaning at me. So uh, that time is now and uh, I'm joined by the one and only Mr. Ian Right, right, right. You know, an Ohio team still has not won the Super Bowl. The legacy continues. <laughs> one day, maybe one day. Well, we got to thank the Bengals. The three opportunities now, they've just all fallen just a touch short. But I must say, Jack, would you like to describe the overall state of Brown's Twitter if on a very important down, uh, anybody in the Brown's coaching lore, Kevin Stavansky included, handed the ball off to Samaji Pirine as opposed to their starter. So let's let's give it to like, you know, say D. Ernest Johnson, I think is a little bit better than Pirine. So let's give it to Benny LeMay over Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt on a very crucial down. It was just one where I felt that third and one should have been a quarterback run. Um, I, I liked the idea of a run play there at third and one. And yeah, I get the point of maybe having mixed in there, but I, I thought you, were, even though Burrow was a bit battered, I thought that was the right call to run it, but to do it with him because he can look at the pass and then if there's a bit of space, he can just smash whichever gap there is and you get that yard. Um, and for me, I was like, all right, this is going to be a, quarterback run here and it was like where's Mixon <laughs> it's even like fake it it was uh it was bizarre some of the play calling well Zach Taylor has struggled all season I mean in terms of like listen I know this is probably not gonna make a lot of Bengals fans happy because I'm sure we have millions listening but the Bengals got every bounce to go their way to get to the Super Bowl and truth be told watching the game kind of just felt like a normal game to me like it wasn't the highest quality of football um, you know, the Bengals had obviously the lucky bounce against the Raiders. And then the Titans game was just so piss poorly coached by the coach of the year. And then even the chiefs game, it was just, it was like the Bengals really just never established themselves as like a dominant football team. And listen, I know a lot of people think Burrow's going to be back going from the fourth place schedule. To the first place schedule is going to be huge, but Zach Taylor has had a lot of things be masked. And to be fair, so is Sean McVay. Sean McVay makes some of the dumbest coaching decisions ever. And honestly, when they had the ball down at the goal line after the questionable defensive holding, I had said, don't even ever turn and hand this off to anyone. Just Stafford, 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 just QB sneak it. Because if you don't get it, you keep moving a little bit closer, a little bit. You can't, it's impossible to go backwards on a QB sneak. It's impossible, right? So if I'm at the one yard line, I have three QB sneaks to get it in. Now, obviously they went with the pass to Cooper Cup and it worked out, but I'd have kept running that thing, make them use their timeouts for every time they stop you. So QB sneak fully with you there. Um, It's one where it was just really weird for the Bengals. They all season, it was the explosive offense, big passing game. And they got to the playoffs and just went, no, we're not going to do it anymore. It was just one of those that it was like, what are you guys doing? It was like, you've had this great offense for a large part of the season. Burroughs has been playing well and they just went, no, we're not going to do that anymore. So yeah, weird one, but, Hey, well, did you see? Say, we're not did a you see, uh, Well, real quick, 
people talk about like the Bengals O-line and Jamar Chase. Did you see the PFF grades for the Bengals offensive line? Yeah, it was bad. So there was 18 guys that played at least one snap on offense. The four offensive linemen that played 61, I'm sorry, all five played 61 snaps. The right tackle, Isaiah Prince, 21.4. The left guard, Quentin Spain, 35.9. The right guard, Hadim Ajeni, 39.6. Jonah Williams, left tackle, 49.5. And the center, Trey Hopkins, was leader of the pack at 54.6. So they had five offensive linemen grade below a 55. But the solace, Jamar Chase, 77.2. But they were still in a position where... They should have won that game or at least taken it to overtime. Um, and that is how crazy it is. So anyone on the whole uh, Penny Saul versus Chase, they are not in the playoffs and certainly not in the Super Bowl without him. So uh, it's, a, it's a win for the wide receiver well, investment. Jack, you make it sound like the team that was drafting fifth overall didn't have multiple needs. I mean, that's the crazy part. It's like, of course they have multiple needs. That's why they were picking fifth. I hate to break the news to people. Jacksonville has a lot of holes. They could take Stingley. They could take Hamilton. They could take uh, Evan Neal. They could take Aiden Hutt. They could take any of those guys. So we're going to do the same thing and say, well, look, they didn't take Kyle Hamilton. Like, and look, he did, but Jesse Bates did. Like when you're a bad team, you just take the player. The only reason they took Jamar Chase is because of Joe Burrow. They played together. That's it's an easy pick, but it still doesn't mean that they don't need tackle help. Still doesn't mean they need offensive line help. So yeah, that it's a dumb thing to me. And like, yeah, the tackle helpful, but at the end of the day, you do have Jamar chase. So now you got to figure out a way to get a tackle with the 31st pick in the draft, not the fifth. Yeah. Um, the, the, the big issue is their interior. Um, I know their tackles had a bad game, but their tackles have held up a little bit better. Um, so it, it's one way it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, but no, it, 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 they did a really, really good job of their middle tier free agency. If you want to look at one thing that they did really, really well on, that is it. Yeah. Well, here's a good transition, though, for you. The Bengals defense, you know who the two highest graded players on the Bengals defense were? I'm going to guess Jesse Bates. No, he was third. Just because he was like 82 out of 92 for uh, safeties during the season and then like first out of 20-something in the postseason. It was insane. Yeah, he, he, he was third. Second? Uh, oh, is it a Woozie that got injured because he was playing really well? No, he was sixth. Second overall, Logan Wilson, linebacker. Uh, I believe he was Wyoming. And number one graded player in the Bengals defense. Linebacker, Jermaine Pratt, 90.2. So those were some third-round linebackers, if I'm not mistaken, that were uh, darling favorites of Brown's Twitter. And they ended up in Cincinnati, and, boy, they really showed out. Your boy B.J. Hill had a rough game, 50.3. And uh, the other linebacker uh, that they played with, uh, not, not so great. They pretty much played with two linebackers a majority of the game. And that's kind of similar to a team in the AFC North that we know. Who's that team, Jack? Smart way to be. Uh, the mighty Joy Woods of the world. So the Browns linebacker position. Yeah, so we're here. The key part of the defense, uh, the part that solves everything. Miles Garrett, who? It's all about the linebackers. So um, just going to look at some numbers for what they did last year. And we'll start with the point of Joe Woods has done a phenomenal job with the linebackers. 
reminds me very much of the way the Patriots treat their running back room. Um, they just get dudes that are good at one thing out of the group, and then they just get them to do that. Um, also, really important position for special teams. So if we look at what we've had, um, each of the last two years, there's been six um, linebackers in the room. Slight exception, they carried a seventh through last year, but that was just to have um, Jacob Phillips on the roster because they needed to uh, get him there so they could put him on IR. Um, but let's sort of just look at snaps last year. Um, Walker, 701. JOK, 597. Smith, 425. Tacky Tacky, 285. Uh, uh, Mac Wilson, 193. Phillips, 123. And Lee, 74. So none for fields, um, if you weren't keeping score. Um, but the way they sort of stack the room, it seems to be sort of one main starter and then one sort of almost a starter guy. And then the rest is very rotational. So we're just going to go with like one main dude and then three dudes behind them. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's any surprise on who the main dude is going to be next season. It's, I don't think they would have ever drafted one that highly, but he fell so far they had to jump on him. And that is Joe K, who it was a bit bumpy at times. Um, but hey, he was a rookie. Um, there was amazing games and there was not so great games. But I feel like we're not going to see him as a Luke Keekley 100% snap guy like Bobby Wagner. But I think we're going to see a good 80% of snaps out of him. I almost wonder if that's going to be just a bit high because... The one thing JOK does lack is the size of your traditional linebacker. So in terms of Anthony Walker being obviously the primary snap taker this year, I think their ideal role for that is to have Jacob Phillips take that role where he kind of plays that mic. And then you rotate in, you know, obviously we talked about the Bengals playing two linebackers. JOK kind of playing that star big rover, you know, with Woods, he can almost use him in that dime package as a third linebacker slash third safety. I think that's kind of his role. I would probably guess he's going to be more in the 60 to 65% snaps because ultimately he is a liability in the run game because if you got big body guys, they just run right at him. So I think the biggest thing and one of the reasons that you mentioned it earlier about keeping Jacob Phillips on the roster to make sure you got him snaps was because I think they really see things for him being that, hey, we want you to be our primary every down backer. And then I bring in JOK for 60% of the snaps whenever I got something that needs to be done. Now in games where they play like Baltimore, where you're just going to say, Hey, run spy on Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or something, then maybe you might see a little bit of tick up, but in a lot of teams, maybe against like the bills or the Patriots and stuff like that, those bigger teams, you'll probably see a little bit of reduction in snaps for him just because of where his liabilities are. Yeah. And you sort of JOK slots nicely into that. Um, you probably call it a will, I guess. Um, but if we're looking at the mic, and that's the next one, I just, I think they would have liked Jacob Phillips and he was drafted to come in probably last season um, and be the starter. This season, I think they would like it, but the dude's only played 367 snaps over two whole years. I just don't think they're going to go into the season relying on him to be the one. I think they'd happily like it, but... I think they're going to have to hit free agency. Um, whether that is at a return of Anthony Walker, um, I just cannot see them going, we, we're going to bet it all on Jacob Phillips being the guy and potentially draft someone. I think they're going to go out and they're going to 
spend a little bit of money. I don't think it's going to one they're going to rush in. I don't think first two, three days we're going to see a move at linebacker. I think it's one they'll just let the market play out and whoever's there for about two, three million. Um, unless Anthony Walker's like, yeah, he'll come back and they like him more than I think they do because he's just like average. Um, but he is sort of a, a big figure and leader for the team, which is important when all the dudes are kids. Um, what, what do you think? Free agent got to come in there? I, I still think the first call they're going to make is Anthony Walker. Um, I think you mentioned it about his leadership. I think just having a guy with his cerebral ability to play the game, and you're right, he's not all pro. You know, he's maybe a second or third pro ball alternate in terms of like where he ranks, but he's reliable in terms of, you know, and even my little one here agrees. Um, he's just a guy that I think can come in, do his job right. And then you have all these role guys, the JOKs, the Taki Takis, the Mac Wilsons, all these guys play the roles behind, but I think they're going to give Jacob Phillips another year to develop behind Anthony Walker. Yeah. And I think there's one where like if Jacob Phillips comes in and he smashes it in camp, that they more or less split, they could split that 50, 50 um, between Jacob Phillips and Walker and basically just transition Walker out of the rotation. Um, so he's deeper down the line. Um, because yeah, if, if they were happy with them both going, they could set that up as a nice one to move forward with. But I, I think you're looking at your one starting linebacker and then sort of three dudes rotating in behind them. Um, and I think your free agent, probably Walker, uh, we agree. Another one there is going to be Jacob Phillips, because I think there's going to be plenty of snaps for even a couple of mics to be playing. Um, because you're generally always going to have at least one mic on the field, whereas you can have snaps without a Will, have a snaps without a Sam. Um, and that's where we get on to the next guy. Mr. Consistent, probably for, in terms of the, the Browns linebacker, he is the one consistent piece. Even Joe K had some ups and downs. Um, and that is Tacky Tacky, who has been really, really good for where he was picked. Um, and you don't expect, just because someone's picked third round off the top of my head, you don't expect them to come in and blow it up and go, hey, he's going to be a starter. He's a role player. He's done it really well, been great on special teams, but he's going into year four. So probably his final year with the team. Um, would they keep him around cheap as sort of a you're starting Sam and special teams guy? Possibly. But I, I think they're just happy to have him and this will probably be his last year and he'll go get some money. Um, potentially like a Seahawks that are really backwards and play with three linebackers loads could be an ideal team for him. Yeah. I think Taki Taki's done a really nice job in the role. He comes in, he has that run stuffing ability. I think this year they really asked him to do a little bit more in coverage, not too much more than he did last year. I think he performed adequately. I don't think, you know, he's a guy that's going to, you know, blow the charts off in terms of his coverage ability, but also to your point earlier, if you have a down where we're playing a heavy run team, you could have Jacob Phillips, you know, if they bring Anthony Walker back in Taki Taki, you could run those three linebackers and say, Hey, those are the 40% of snaps that we're going to take JOK out. And in some of those cases, depending on how they develop JOK, you could still see Phillips and Mac, uh, or I'm sorry, and Taki Taki or Phillips and Walker on the field at the same time, because I think Walker does have some experience in that Sam Mike, you know, obviously playing next to Darius Leonard in Indianapolis, they, they ran a lot of those hybrid linebacker sets as well. So I think Taki Taki kind of fits in if you do bring Walker back in that fourth linebacker, but those heavier packages, those goal line packages, and he's a guy who's shown a little bit now where he's been able to cover some people. 
I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they try to get him an extension or they throw a little bit of money his way just to kind of tell him, hey, like we see you developing here long term. You've been in the league three years now. You're eligible for an extension. Give him something that's on the very reasonable side. And then all of a sudden, if going in the year four and five, he turns into a more every down linebacker, you're going to have him at a decent price for the next couple of years. Yeah, you can give him a couple of years and just say, hey, Anthony Walker's going to have one more year, one year deal. And then we're effectively going to move that money around. Um, Especially if, say they wait until the end of the year and Phillips isn't it, then they can go, hey, we'll take Phillips into his final year. We'll draft some do because Phillips is serviceable, but hasn't popped. Um, And then you've got JOK on a rookie deal. You you feel okay paying... um, tacky tacky a little bit of money um sort of your two two and a half mil we're not talking loads um and then you, you can just go who minds what where we are with uh mike we've got will lined up and we've got sam for two more years so i think that puts us in a nice position and it's a good four if you bring walker back i feel really good about the group of four yeah and i think Taki Taki's is one of those guys where i think his limited role at the house of chaos here where he's a guy you could, you know, say, hey, Malcolm Smith, the safety blanket that he is, is running low on time. So it's one of those things where we can say, hey, Malcolm Smith's not going to be here forever. Start developing into his role as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and then we get onto the two depth guys. So these are players deeper on the roster, basically just going to be special teamers. They might play a handful of snaps um, like Mac Wilson did last year, like Elijah Lee did. Um, Tony Fields is your other one on the roster. So just to touch on those three, Mac Wilson had a great year. In terms of PFF, second best linebacker, second best special teamer for the, the Browns. So really, really good. The issue is he played too many snaps um, in the first year of his career. And that meant he is um, entitled to the proven performance escalator, which if you play a certain percentage of snaps um, as a late round pick, they'll increase your salary for your fourth and final year. The problem is that's another one and a half million on top of his salary. So if we were just sat here chatting about, I think it's 1.1, 1.2 for Mac Wilson, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, I think it was 1 million it was meant to be. And now suddenly it's, well, it's 2.5. You're like, nah, I don't want to pay that much for the fifth linebacker on the team. So I think that's one where they'll, they'll probably bring him back for camp because who knows, someone goes down, um, you potentially bring back Anthony Walker, Anthony Walker goes down. Well, you, you might go, hey, we like Jacob Phillips, move him up and pop pop Mac in there as the fourth linebacker in the rotation. You could look at something like that, but I think Mac Wilson, unfortunately getting that deal probably means he's out here. There's been some noise that he wants an opportunity to go and play somewhere else um, where he's not so much competition in front of him. Um, so look at him as a potential sort of late pick swap, but maybe during camp, rather than um, pre-draft. Yeah, I think Mac, for coming in as that late fifth-round pick, a lot of Browns fans saw him higher up on the Kuiper draft board or McShay draft board, whichever one you were watching. And they thought, oh, this guy's going to come in and make an instant impact. And you quickly kind of figured out why he was a fifth-round pick. You know, he was limited in certain skill sets. Um, Again, the value in special teams is there. But again, if the dollars don't match, it's one of those things where the team's going to have to figure out what they want to do with him because there's not really anything he specifically does too great. He just does a few things pretty decent. So 
he'll be an interesting one to watch the way he's interacting on social media. I think maybe he wants to leave Cleveland pretty quickly, but um, he's a guy who for a fifth round pick, he's exactly kind of what you're thinking he can become the guy I'm really interested in Tony Fields. You know, this is that athletic guy. So if you're saying, all right, we're going to let Matt go, maybe it's because you see Tony Fields stepping up into that special teams role that Mac played and saying, Hey, Use your speed, use your JOK junior-like ability to really fill that need on special teams if they do decide to let Mac Wilson go. Yeah, Tony Fields, an exciting one. Didn't play a single snap on defense, but played a fair bit on special teams. So uh, keep an eye on for him to step up. And the last name is, I think he'll be back for camp. Um, will he make the roster? Who knows? But Elijah Lee um, is a massive part of what they do on special teams. So expect him to come back. Um, and then that, give, that gives them seven guys. Um, if they bring back Walker and they bring back Elijah Lee, that's seven linebackers on the roster, um, which is a nice position to be in. And I think they will draft someone. Um, could be as early as, say, the third round, because if we look at it, um, those top four guys, Joe Kay's committed for another three years. Um, Phillips, we've had two years of and not much play. Um, so if he has another injury-ridden year, that might be one way they move on from. If Anthony Walker's on a one-year deal, Taki Taki's going into his final year you probably want to add a guy. So I think we're going to draft probably a middle linebacker um, somewhere. Could be, could be as early as a third because they'll draft that year in advance. So um, don't be surprised somewhere third to seventh, we potentially see a middle linebacker. Yeah, I think it's going to be their drafting for skill set. I think that's the idea of the linebacker room overall is to find guys with specific skill sets, give Jason Tarver, you know, the ability to utilize those guys. So if they've got a JOK, they've got a Tony Fields, you're not going to see one of them smaller hybrid linebackers. You're going to see the big more thumper style, the talkie talkies, maybe look for a guy that maybe has Malcolm Smith, like who's better a little bit in coverage um, in terms of something like that. Cause I think that's what they're going to do is they're going to fill the need with the best player available for that specific need. And if you want to know what that looks like, just go oh, about two hours to the West and look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what they do. Every linebacker has a specific job and they draft guys specific to the role that they're looking for. Yeah. And I, I think Phil potentially steps up into that backup. Will, um, if you bring back Walker, you've got two mics, you've got one Sam, and then you just use the extra position. Um, and I just, Struggled to see Malcolm Smith coming back um, if they like Fields trajectory. So I think you're looking at one free agent and one draft pick and then just see how it shakes out. Um, it could easily be one that they find a Sam they like and then they potentially move Tacky Tacky on. Uh, we're not talking much, but I think we'll see them add, probably sat there with eight um, guys going into camp if you bring back one free agent. and um, Sorry, Walker, Elijah Lee and draft a dude. That, that's eight guys, and then you just move on. It's not just who plays the worst out of the group. It's looking at contracts, and um, yeah, wh why not make some moves and um, do that? But they're in a really, really, really nice position, and it's been a true overperforming unit um, with very, very little investment. Yeah, Elijah Lee, I think you're talking about a guy that's just all reliable, knows Woods' system from San Fran. He's the guy that you always want to keep his number in your pocket in case of the emergency. He's one of those ones that I think maybe might be your journeyman special teams linebacker guy. So don't be surprised if he picks a decent team next year who has Super Bowl you know, potential and says, hey, I'll jump on as their fifth or sixth linebacker on the roster. The Browns are probably going to look to go younger at that role. Hence why you'll see the passing of the torch from the Malcolm Smiths and the Elijah Lees to these younger guys, the Tony Fields and such. That's, that's I think, kind of the route they'll go 
And I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if Elijah Lee goes somewhere relatively soon in the year, just because he's a vet, he's got the respect. So if he goes to the woods and says, Hey man, let me go, let me go try to latch on with like a team like the Rams or, you know, whoever, you know, that that's maybe the Packers, somebody like that who really need a boost special teams. That's where I could see him fitting in. Yeah. And it could be one where he goes, Hey, I want to go make a roster. Um, and the Browns say, Hey, good luck. If you don't make the roster, you come be on our practice squad. Um, and they go, Hey, don't, don't go sit on someone else's practice squad. Come back here. Um, but we get why you want to go be a four or five on someone's depth chart. Um, worst comes to worst, you've got a spot here. Um, because that's the sort of dude that is really, really useful um, for, hey, we need someone to elevate them. Boom, um, straight in there. So uh, that could be a, a perfect opportunity. They're, they'll offer him to come back, no doubt. But um, yeah, if he, if he thinks he's got an opportunity to go make a team, then it'd be mad not to take it. Yep, I think we're both. I think we're both on the same page there. I think the Browns line racker room next year is going to have a lot of familiar faces. Yeah, that's but, a good thing. But by the way, speaking of familiar faces, did you see who decided after one month in college that he can't be around uh, college campuses no longer and said, "Hey, Kevin Stefanski, can I come back?" Mister Kiffin is hunting. Right. Chris Kiffin realized that when you have four kids and working as a college coach, those 20 to 22 hour days catch up to you. So welcome back, Chris. We uh, didn't fill your position. So Miles Garrett's defensive line coach is back for another year after shunning his brother down in uh, Ole Miss. Tell you, he won't have many familiar faces by the time Andrew Berry's done with that defensive line. (laughs) That is for sure. So. That will be the age-old debate. Do we go wide out or defend? We're going to have the new Penny Sewell, uh, Jamar Chase argument with Brown's Twitter at 13. Should we go George Karloftis or Drake London? Oh, what are we going to do? How many sacks versus how many receptions? This just in on Channel 19 News. It's going to be good fun. So uh, anything else to add on the linebackers before we wrap up for the day? No, I think this is one of our easier ones. Uh, Consistency, consistency, consistency. That's what we're looking for out of that linebacker room. So, as always, go Browns. Go Browns.